Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Do you ever feel frustrated? Well, your dog does. Frustration occurs when an animal is interrupted in reaching their goals. Unfortunately, this occurs all too often in the modern world when a dog's goals do not align with those of their human companion. This can be a source of distress for both you and your dog, but it can also lead to the development of problem behaviors and can damage the relationship that you have with your dog. But we have answers for you. Join us for a two-day in-person seminar October 5th and 6th with instruction by Daniel Shaw. Daniel Shaw is an animal behaviorist with a background in animal behavior, psychology, and neuroscience. He will be talking about what frustration is and how it can be identified, the difficulty of conventional approaches in resolving frustration, what influences the value of rewards, as well as supporting frustrated dogs and building frustration tolerance. You can buy early bird tickets now until August the 5th, and be sure that you join us for our pre-seminar social Friday evening where you can meet Daniel and the Dog Speak team. We look forward to seeing you October 5th and 6th in Nashville, Tennessee for the Neuroscience of Resolving Frustration in Dogs seminar. Hey guys, and welcome to the Dog Speak podcast. I am Nikki Ivy, your host. I am thrilled that you are joining me to talk puppies, dog training, real life manners, and more. Be sure to check out our Facebook page as well as our website at dogspeak101.com. Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. I hope you're having a wonderful week so far. I hope you enjoyed last week's podcast episode. I was thrilled to get to speak with Dr. Dodds. I think that she just really uh, grasped the entire concept of thinking outside the box and looking deeper than the external symptoms or even behavior that we deal with. And it's something that I am passionate about, making sure that we look deeper than just the external behavior that you're seeing, whether that be your dog is uh, snapping at people, lunging on the leash, uh, maybe the dog is itching all the time, rubbing its face on the ground. These are all things that we want to look at, not at just the symptom, but what goes deeper. Um, and I really hope that you had a chance to really listen to it. And you're probably going to want to listen to it a couple of times. And I encourage you to check out our website, do a little reading. And if you have ordered a saliva test from her, let us know. We would like to, to know what you have found out and what success you've had with changing your dog, um, the, the health, the behavior, uh, itchiness, scratchiness, any type of allergies, uh, how you've been able to change that by looking at the food. Now, we are going to go a little bit deeper into nutrition later on in some episodes. It's just, it, it's a lot of work on my end to get it put together. So please be patient with me. We will get it happening at some point. But in the meantime, I want you to have some place where you can go and educate yourself. And another place that I want to let you check out when you're looking at your food is dogfoodadvisor.com. That's a really good website that basically takes every food on the market, canned, dried, dehydrated, and they rate it based on the ingredients 
And so you can really see what those ratings look like and what those controversial ingredients look like. So I just wanted to throw that out there real quick before we get started on this next episode and hope that you guys have an opportunity to really check that out. All right. So I know that the, the final, the couple weeks ago, we talked about confidence issues in dogs, building up the confidence and those type of things. Uh, and I wanted to do an episode on building confidence and what exercises you can do. Uh, and I was going to do that last week, but like I said, I was really excited about the interview with Dr. Dodd. So this week I am going to talk about it. Now we have done an episode on confidence building before, uh, and you can go back and listen to it. And I'm hoping that I'm not going to be saying a lot of the same things, but you probably will hear a lot of the same recommendations uh, because confidence building is so important when you have a dog that may have some type of reactivity, um, fear, um, anxiety, uh, anxiousness, phobias. Those are all stemming from your lack of confidence. Um, so we want to make sure we're starting to build the dog's confidence up. Now, the first thing I would talk about with building confidence up uh, would be socialization with other dogs. Uh, this is imperative. You know, you cannot learn how to be a dog unless you're around other dogs. This does not mean that your dog should just be around the dogs in your household or just one or two friends. Because if your dog has been around one or two friends only and they still suffer with confidence, then we probably have a problem with those dogs. When the confidence is low, many times it stems from not having the confidence to handle a situation, a conflict, confrontation. And um, as you've heard me talk about before, and if you've missed it this past Sunday night, you missed our dog communication seminar, don't worry, we'll be doing them again. Um, but dogs are born with the ability to handle conflict and confrontation. And they practice that by interacting with other dogs and using them with people and uh, other animals, maybe the cat in the household, uh, maybe a, a scary horse that's on your property. This is the only way dogs have to say, I'm uncomfortable about something or I want something to stop. So dogs will use these signals to communicate that. And if they're not respected, then the dog learns that those signals in a passive manner do not seem to fix the problem. And they have no choice but to go to more of reactive signals uh, that tend to cause problems. So the reactive signals look very aggressive to owners. But if you understand what you're looking at, you'll understand that the dog is not being aggressive. Uh, but it looks aggressive to the owners. And so many owners will start to correct that behavior and punish the behavior and basically punishing the dog for doing the only thing it knows how to do in communication. And so then the dog has learned behavior of aggression, fearfulness, nervousness, and reactivity. And it, it really does create a vicious cycle. So now you have a dog with not only a lack of confidence in handling control, or excuse me, handling conflict, but now they're worried about what their owner's going to do, when they're going to get yelled at, when they're going to get a leash correction, when they're going to get screamed at, whatever the case may be. Uh, and so it's, it just continues to be an issue. And the longer you go, the, the worse it's going to get for your dog. Uh, and you can have some really serious symptoms. Many times people think that, oh, well, my dog's always been a little nervous. That's just the way he is. Well, to me, that is not an acceptable answer. Yes, there are dogs that are born with a little bit of a seed, but there's no reason we should allow our dogs to live in a, in a fearful state, in a nervous state, 
in an anxiety state. Uh, dogs can literally have panic attacks and they can shut down. And that is not a positive place to be. Uh, and sometimes medication is needed to help a dog uh, through the behavior modification process. But I'm hoping that, that you guys listening, you're not to that point yet. And I don't start using medication when I have dogs with severe confidence issues. Um, sometimes I will start with CBD uh, to help with the process. Uh, but only after we've started doing the things we need to do, do I uh, resort to medication if needed. And that is medication that's going to help with the behavior modification, not just drug the dog out. Uh, drugging the dog out does not allow us to see the real issues and the problems. So uh, we're we're going to get more into medication on some other episodes when we start getting into some real serious behavior issues. But it all kind of starts here. Most serious behavior issues come from lack of confidence, the dog not being respected of its signals, then the owner's correcting the dog for something that they see as aggressive, and now the dog has a learned aggression towards whatever the object is. Uh, so you can see how this vicious cycle kind of happens. But there are things that you can do as an owner to start building your dog's confidence. And the very first thing um, is that you need to set some expectations for your dog. Understand that the dog feels better when he knows what's expected of him. Uh, so little things like how to act whenever you're feeding his meal, how to act when you're making his meal, how to act when uh, you want to put the leash on or when they want to go out or indoors, um, how to act whenever um, you're hanging out watching TV. It's just little expectations that helps the dog understand that, okay, every time I eat, I know that mom and dad want me to do X, Y, and Z. Cool. I got this. And that will start building the confidence up in those moments. I'm not really into routine. Uh, to me, routine and expectations are a little different. Um, routine is like, okay, we're going to feed every day at six o'clock. Every day at six o'clock, we're going to feed. And then at seven, we're going to go outside. And then at 7.30, we're going to go for a walk. And at eight o'clock, we're going to do a puzzle toy. And then at 8.30, we're going to go out and potty again. And at nine o'clock, we go to bed. Reality says that that's not going to happen consistently. Um, and I think that if you set up a dog's routine, um, especially a routine that cannot necessarily be met 100% of the time, I think that actually throws dogs off more. Uh, and then the dog freaks out because he doesn't know how to deal with changes in the environment. I really think that dogs are good at dealing with the changes in the environment um, if we allow them to. Uh, so I'm not big on setting exact times to do things with my dog. However, with expectations, I know that when I feed, this is my expectation. I've communicated it to the dog. So the dog knows whether I eat at 7 a.m., 8 a.m., 9 a.m., 10 a.m., 4 p.m., 5 p.m., 8 p.m., that this is the expectation mom has whenever I do get fed. So that's different than a routine. Okay, so expectations, not routine. The other thing you want to make sure you start doing is stop yelling, screaming, and using firm tones towards your dog. Don't try to shame your dog. You know, walking in and seeing a dog t that tore up his bed, you know, being like, oh my gosh, you know, fluffy, how could you at your new bed? And the dog slinks away. The dog has no idea 
that tearing up the bed was the issue. All the dog knows is out of the blue, you walk in and instead of going, hi, Fluffy, how's mama's baby? You start yelling at Fluffy. So Fluffy is just like, screw it. I don't know. I'm just going to walk away anytime mom walks in the room. And then you have again, another little vicious cycle that takes place. And you've probably seen this if you've come home and you've corrected your dog or punished your dog for something they did during the day then you find slowly your dog starts to cower every time you come home and in your mind you're like well he knows he did something wrong when in fact the dog just knows that you're not predictable when you come home so best bet is just to stay out of the way Um, and if you have been doing this um, you can change right you can undo these issues that we have going on we can help the dog do better Um, But again, I can't change the dog unless I change the owners. Uh, And it's important that the owners understand where the dog is coming from. And trust me when I say your dog does not want to be any more anxious and lacking in confidence than you want him to be. So it's time we really help him out. So the first thing, set some expectations. Second, I want you to stop screaming, yelling, using firm tones, snapping fingers, using ants, using any aversive techniques. An aversive technique is anything that scares your dog. Okay, so me snapping at my dog, uh, if I snap at him for something, it's really not that big big of a deal for them because I've never matched it uh, with something negative. But if you snap at your dog every time you're mad at him, then the snap actually becomes an aversive technique and an aversive tool towards your dog. Uh, So obviously things like prong collars, um, shock collars, choke chains, yanking on leashes, whether it's a flat collar, buckle collar. Those are all aversive techniques, period, because they're always going to be harmful to the dog and scary. But there are some things that um, are not conditioned naturally as an aversive unless we make it that way. So um, one of the things that, uh, you know, that you may want to think about is if you're screaming at your dog a lot, um, it's going to get lost in translation. Uh, Many times the dog is going to learn to ignore it. Uh, but the dog also uh, may learn to um, cower whenever you're yelling. And this could be that you're just yelling at the TV. And for the dog, that's aversive at that point. Uh, so you need to make sure and just watch yourself with your dog. I would rather not ever yell at my dog. And then when I do have to yell, it's for something really serious. And uh, my dog is so shocked that I'm yelling that they stop in their tracks. Uh, so I can use it as an emergency. And I've actually heard some trainers that will take something like yelling and put it on um, a treat, match it with a treat. And so that when you have to yell, the dog is conditioned to it to know that something good is about to happen. Uh, And really, that is probably not my favorite way to do it. I would rather just be, hey, you never hear this. So when you do, you need to pay attention. Um, For me, I'd rather use an emergency word like touch check in um, until I can get a good solid recall. But that's for a whole nother podcast. Okay, so let's continue on with building that confidence up of things that you, now that we're starting to change you and your thought process, let's look at some exercises that we can do to help your dog build some confidence. Uh, My favorite one is hand feeding. And I'm not talking feeding by hand, generally just sitting there and letting your dog eat out of your palm. What I'm talking about is teaching your dog to work for each bite of food that he may receive. And this is great to use one meal for this. I want you to think about sitting down and putting a puzzle together. Um, If 
when you put a puzzle together, basically you're picking up a piece and you're trying it somewhere. Um, If it fits, great. You just got rewarded for that puzzle piece. If it doesn't fit, the consequence is very simple. It just doesn't fit. In other words, it didn't work. At least it didn't work in that spot. So hand feeding is like that. We want dogs to offer behavior as if they're putting puzzle pieces out there to see if it fits in that moment. So what you would basically do is sit down uh, with their bowl of food and you'll first condition your verbal marker if you've not done that. You'll want to take about 10 pieces of kibble, say good boy or good girl, and then give your dog a piece of kibble. Do that 10 to 12 times in a row. That should take you maybe uh, 30 to 45 seconds. If your dog is not interested in his kibble, you will need to find a different food. Uh, But you need to do that to make sure the dog understands that good boy or good girl means that there could be a reward coming. For this purpose, when we say our good boy, good girl, we are going to be using food quite often. So basically, your dog may start out seeing his bowl, puts his butt on the floor. That's where we would good boy because it's a behavior that we like. And then we'd give them a bite of their kibble. You then sit quietly and wait for the dog to offer something else. Now, that could be anything. That could be a paw. That could be two paws. That could be um, looking away, standing back up, backing up, laying down, scooching, um, uh, looking to the sky. I'm trying to think of some of these different things that I've seen dogs do. Basically, anything that the dog does physically different that you do not mind seeing again, I want you to mark it with your verbal, good boy, and then he gets a bite of kibble. And then more than likely, whatever you reward at that time, uh, he might go back to a sit. You mark that again, good boy. And basically, I want your dog to learn that he can make you say this magic word, to earn his food by doing different physically um, challenging moves, uh, whatever that may be. Again, one paw raise, two paw raises. When I say two paw raises, I mean those, you know, those little dogs, they sit up on their butt and they put their, you know, little like in a begging motion, not jumping on you. If your dog does give you anything you do not like, I want you to ignore it. Don't say no. Don't say uh-uh. Don't say eh. Don't say try again. Just sit quietly. And let the dog try something different. I really want you to think outside the box here in that don't just look at behavior that you would put on command or look at behavior and go, well, I don't really know what I would do with that. I want you to reward absolutely anything you don't mind saying repeated. Very important. It needs to be very easy to begin with. Think about giving a child a puzzle. You're not giving them a 500-piece puzzle. You're giving them a 5-10-piece to 10 piece puzzle to put together because you want them to be successful. As they get good at the game and build confidence, we make it more challenging. Um, if you have a dog that, say, lays down or sits, and you've acknowledged it and rewarded the dog, and then the dog just sits and stares at you, don't say anything. Give the dog a good full minute to try something different. If your dog does not do anything different in a minute, just put the food away for about 30 seconds and then come back and do it again. Okay. Just to let the, help the dog start to learn a little bit of uh, the game and the rules. Another way that you can do this with the kibble is a game called um, 101 Things to Do with a Box. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time explaining it, but it's basically you put a box in the floor and reward your dog for any behavior with the box. You can find um, really good um, YouTube videos and things like that on that exercise to help you understand it more. 
but basically 100 things to do with a box is what we're going for to teach the dog to think, problem solve, use that brain, but also exhibit self-control because a lot of dogs that lack in confidence lack in self-control because they're more reactive than responsive just because of the lack of confidence. Um, but we do, we want them to learn to think and be confident in offering behavior because a lot of people punish dogs for offering behavior that they don't like. So like jumping, if you've yelled at your dog for jumping, then why would the dog be willing to try something else for you, right? It might get too scared to think. Many times these dogs that are trained in aversive uh, methods like shock collars, they look really well behaved. Uh, but the problem is, is they're not well behaved. Uh, their motivation of sitting still and looking so good for you is that they're too scared to do anything without direction from their human. Because any movement that is not directed by their human could result in a shock around the neck. So please don't be fooled by those people that walk around with their dogs on shock collars um, and acting like their dog is so well behaved because they're not. The dog um, is motivated to avoid the shock by basically doing nothing until told to do so. Um, I don't know about you, but that's not really a fun place uh, to be and not a fun way to live. And I certainly don't want my dog to feel that way. You never want the dog to be so afraid, <clears throat> excuse me, so afraid of um, of a consequence that they shut down. And, um, and a lot of times that does happen. So some other things that you can do um, based on your dog, based on your location, and if you're able to do, is a little agility. Um, you know, you've, we've all seen the agility. The dogs are running through, um, you know, through the tunnel, over the A-frame, over jumps, and the dog is looking all confident and fun. And it does. It does help build some confidence, but your dog may need a little foundation before starting that. And if you're not interested in actually agility classes, I don't know how many fun agility classes are out there. When I had my facility, we always ran fun agility classes. We did not do competition. Uh, so we were able to move along quickly, kept the dogs engaged. Um, it was just a lot of fun. Um, but some people are not interested in doing a group class, or maybe your dog is not really good enough around other dogs or people to do it. Uh, so one thing you can do is find some wooded area, find a place where you have some walls, um, you know, small walls, some rocks, logs, down trees, and teach your dog to climb over, under, around, um, just giving them confidence to move those feet and use those back legs to get over obstacles. You don't have to do an agility class um, in a group setting uh, to get that benefit. So that's something else that you can do. Now, I also like to do some simple things like teaching my dog some very simple behaviors like go under. Um, so teaching them to maybe go under something. Uh, you can easily lure them to do this. You may want to set up um, maybe a broomstick, uh, but it's basically high enough that your dog can simply walk under without moving too much. And you can lure them. You can basically just say go under. Then you stick your hand out with your treat and have your dog just follow through. If they're too scared to walk all the way through, you can just treat gently um, for them just sticking their head under, taking one step, two steps. Um, you don't have to make them go all the way through the first time to earn that reward. And you can use their kibble for that, or you can use some treats for that. So sometimes just teaching some silly things like that that you may not be using on a regular basis is really good. Um, and of course, that goes along with your agility work as well. Now, nose work is a really good way to get your dog some enrichment 
but at the same time, building some confidence up, teaching them to use that nose to root around to get rewards. There are nose work classes that are out there, but again, you can do some things at home. You can get a snuffle mat, feed your dog off of a snuffle mat. You can take a handful of his kibble and throw it in your yard and have them go hunting for their food. Um, you can teach them to um, find a certain odor, maybe a clove. Um, or, you know, I used to do, believe it or not, I used to do tea bags where I would teach my dog how to sniff out a tea bag. And it wasn't for any purpose other than teaching her how to use her nose. Um, and it's very easy. You condition the tea bag with a treat and you do that many times. And then you put the tea bag somewhere close. Dog can run over to the tea bag. Oh, good job. And then you give them the treat and then you just make it harder and harder. Um, I'm not going to go into deep detail about these. These are things that you can look up online to get more information for. Because obviously it's a little challenging to, to walk you in a step by step on a podcast. But you can easily look these things up. And you can probably find a lot of really good ideas um, by just looking up building confidence with your dog. So um, targeting is another one that you can use. Again, just teaching a dog to target using his nose, whether it's targeting a certain color, a certain shape on the ground, maybe just targeting your hand. Uh, we teach touch as an emergency recall to teach the dog to come and touch our hand. We reward it 100% of the time. So it is um, something that we use for more of an emergency. But again, it helps to build that confidence up. Um, so there are a lot of things that you can um, really do to help build your dog's confidence. But the biggest thing I would say is stop screaming, stop yelling, stop correcting, stop punishing. And I'm not saying that consequences are not part of the learning process, but they should never be physically harming or emotionally harming. And screaming and yelling at your dog, it may not be physical, but it is certainly emotionally harming. Uh, so that's one thing is I really want you to stop doing that. That will make a huge difference. And of course, if your dog doesn't feel good, they're not going to act well. So always take a look at your dog's food and the nutrition and make sure that your dog is healthy. Um, I literally had a client the other day who had a trainer come out and observe the dog um, and then send an email basically telling them that uh, they either need to see a behaviorist or put the dog to sleep because the dog was out of control. Um, the problem was the dog is an 11-month-old puppy who is on food that was chock full of sugar. Uh, so that's the first thing that we did was change that. And then I changed the owners on not matching that energy, not meeting the dog where he is. Otherwise, they're going to both stay up there in that high arousal state. Um, and it was very relieving for the owners to know that, oh, she literally, you know, said, thank you for telling me I did not have to put my dog to sleep. So those are frustrating things for me to hear when people have trusted in other um, professionals. And I'm going to use air quotes on that. Because a lot of people can call themselves a dog trainer and unfortunately, probably 75 to 80% of the ones that call themselves dog trainers don't have the knowledge or the education to work with dogs on a regular basis. Uh, there's so much more to it than teaching a dog to sit and lay down. Uh, because frankly, we don't teach a dog to sit and lay down. Dogs already know how to do that. Our job is to capture it and teach the dog its behavior we would love to see over and over again uh, so that we can put a command to it. So, you know, your dog does not need to be taught how to sit. He knows how to do that just fine. Um, so that is some things that you can do. But I, I want to go back to the to the beginning of the episode when I talked about dog socialization. Uh, and I wanted to kind of throw it out there, but I want to hold it to the end because it goes a little bit deeper with dog socialization. If you have a dog who is not being respected during play and you're, you know, your dog is playing with bully dogs, 
then again, their dog is not being confident in the use of this, of the signals and the calming signals that they're using. You need to find somewhere, somewhere with educated staff members, um, that understand dog behavior, calming signals, communication skills, and it, and allow your dog to start playing with dogs that have the appropriate signals. So a daycare is great if you have a staff that's trained. They're not using aversive techniques. Uh, they know how to interrupt appropriate, inappropriate behavior without scaring the dog. Um, and they're not being as reactive as the dogs. Uh, and they're not allowing that bully behavior to happen. So uh, you really want to make sure that you do your research on finding that. Um, talk to, you know, some of your friends with dogs. Ask them uh, if their dogs are good. You know, if I have a dog who's really unsure about playing with other dogs, I want an adult dog that could be patient, who uses the signals correctly, um, and does not go overboard on the use of those signals. Uh, and that allows the dog to start building up some confidence again when it comes to other dogs. Um, I do highly recommend, though, if you do have serious issues, you need to find a positive trainer in your area. Speak to them about dog behavior, uh, about confidence building, how they go about it. Um, you know, if you, if anybody tells you that confidence building is about teaching the dog obedience, sit, stay, down, come hill, then you need to walk away because that is not the issue. Like I said, dogs don't need help in learning how to sit, lay down, or even stay. Uh, and they know how to walk just fine. So, you really need to be careful on who you're talking to and getting advice from um, and be careful at getting advice from fellow dog owners and pet owners uh, because, um, you know, they've probably read a lot, done a lot, but it may not be the right information. Uh, more information is coming out each year, uh, more scientifically based training methods, and we're, lo we're looking deeper into dogs, and we're not just looking in that, at that external behavior and turning them into robots. Uh, we're really, truly understanding them from the inside out. And that's what I want you to do with your dog. It can, it can make a huge difference of building that confidence up. Is if you've listened to the episodes with Britt and we talked about uh, Jake and the consequences of building the confidence up, uh, your dog does not have to live in the state of, of fear, of anxiety, of nervousness, phobias. Uh, there are things that we can do. And if you need help uh, and you're local, reach out to us. We'd be happy to get you on our books. Uh, we are booked out uh, quite a few weeks right now, but we'd love to get you on there so that we can get started sooner than later. Uh, but you can always check out our foundation course on udemy.com. Uh, you can just go to udemy.com. That's U-D-E-M-Y.com. Search my name and find the foundation course that we offer. Uh, a lot of times you can get it for a really good deal. It will show you the hand feeding exercises, some door control, how to start teaching self-control in general, uh, because self-control is important part of the confidence building exercises that we do. So there are things out there that we have for you guys. We want you and your dog to be as happy as possible. Uh, but frankly, we really want your dog to be as happy as possible, because that is what we're here to do is to speak for your dog and help you understand your dog to the best of your ability. Um, and we would love to help you can reach out to us at info at dogspeak101.com. Uh, you can also uh, just check out our website, dogspeak101.com, uh, and follow us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, uh, anywhere that you can follow us, do it so that you can keep up with all the information we try to give you to help you and your dog have the best relationship in this whole world. Um, I hope you guys have a wonderful week. I hope that 
Um, the weather is going to be decent for you. Tennessee does not look great uh, for the upcoming week, especially for the day this podcast comes out. Uh, but uh, I hope you guys are having a good week. And if you do need anything, please reach out to us. If you have ideas on a podcast, shoot us an email, podcast at dogspeak101.com. And uh, don't forget our Patreon account. Um, if you are were a Patreon member, then you are able to do the communication seminar for free. Um, but uh, there are other advantages to being a Patreon member. We put many training videos and uh, give you access to us um, more so than the general public. So check it out, patreon.com slash dogspeak. And we would love to have you as a Patreon member. If you cannot financially support us, that is okay. We do appreciate any type of rates. Uh, rating and reviews wherever you get your podcast because that helps other people find us when they search for positive dog training. Uh, so we appreciate that and tell your friends and family members. Uh, get on our Facebook page so you can share that with all your families um, and your friends. Uh, we would really appreciate that. And I hope you're enjoying uh, the episodes. I'm not really sure what we're going to talk about next week, honestly. Um, I am um, a little torn. I have a few topics that I really want to talk about, um, but I've just got to put some things down on paper first. So if you have ideas, shoot them to us. I do appreciate the ideas that have come in and just know that we are putting them all um, in a list and we are looking at what we can do um, for a 30, 45 minute podcast. And I'm sure that most of you have probably missed listening, Brittany, this week, um, but I promise you she will be back um, to work uh, with our podcast episode as well. Uh, so if you have anything you'd like to hear from her, shoot us an email and let us know. We appreciate each and every one of you guys. And I really do hope that you have a wonderful rest of your week.